Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. In today's episode, we're going to talk about fueling positivity. I'm here with my mate, Tanilla De Silva. Hey, how you going, Zach? Yeah. Um, so, a little bit of a different thing. We'll do a bit of an interview. Um, one of the things that I wanted to just get straight into is what you're doing on Instagram. I've noticed you've started releasing a bunch of um, one-minute videos that are fairly uh, positive in nature and fairly inspiring, and you've gotten a bit of traction from it with um, people commenting and private messaging you and that sort of stuff. So why don't you just introduce yourself, um, talk a little bit about videos, and we can go from there. Yeah, sounds good. First of all, thanks for having me on your podcast, Zach. Um, yeah, so the videos came from a few different reasons, I guess, but um, I guess the ultimate goal of these positivity videos is even if it's just one thing that I say that makes one little person, you know, think twice about something or maybe just hesitate before making a decision, whether it's something small like a bottle of milk or whatever it is or making a life-changing decision, they're just like, hold on, maybe there's another option out there, maybe something better I can do, you know? So make them think twice. So you want to try and um, sort of provide a way to sort of cut through the mental state that's happening and yeah. sort of get in there with a bit of positivity. Yeah, because I think the biggest issue we have now, I mean, from being a kid to studying full-time to uni to work, um, essentially, I feel like this life is surrounded by negativity. You, you've said something um, something along the lines of the only way to conflict, uh, counter negativity is not to eradicate it, but to promote greater positivity. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Okay, so I guess a simple solution if there's something bad happening is to try stop doing it. Right. If it, if it's um, if someone's doing something wrong, tell them to stop doing it. That's what we've been taught from a young age. Whether it's no, don't do that math problem that way. Pythagoras theorem is this way. Do it this way. If you don't, it's wrong. Um, I guess my purpose is all right. Wrong things happen. Bad things happen all the time, and you can't ever cut that out completely, no matter what it is. Yep. So my mindset: if all these bad things and negative things are happening, which we can't stop, it's bad it's, stuff's going to happen no bad, matter what. No That's matter a fact. what. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Right. Hundred percent. Bad stuff's going to happen no matter what. No matter how great you are. No matter how much money you have. Whatever it may be. Right. So my way to counteract that is to just be completely positive and promote positivity. Try to grow that so the ratios, I guess, shift to have a greater balance of positivity rather than negativity in, in the world, I guess, essentially. Well, I suppose, yeah, those small steps to, to grow bigger. That's right. You want to get people to, to... It's not necessarily think positive, though. Like, it doesn't. you don't come across as like, oh, hey, change, you know, like, just, just think positive and everything will be good. It's mm -hmm. more of a perspective change. Yes. Because, like... For lack of a better expression, the, the cliche self-help of like, you know, think yourself better isn't realistic and sort of comes across as offensive to people that are going through some shit times. Right. But that's not really what you're going for with the positivity that I see at least. it's It seems to be it's that sort of counteracting. I suppose the first step, like you said, is accepting that bad stuff will happen yep. and then trying to change the perspective. That's right. Can you go into that a little bit more for me? Yeah, sure. So I think you've hit that on the head and that's exactly what I meant by those videos uh, or the purpose of those videos is, yeah, look, bad stuff's going to happen and don't just, you know, pretend like everything's great, rainbows, lollipops and sunshine. It's not. Um, but it's always about questioning the man or the situation, I guess, is another thing that I'm trying to promote through the videos. So if you see something or you're doing something you're not sure about and it's causing you grief or any kind of adversity, the purpose of these videos are, hey, maybe I can go around about this another way. You know, maybe I can look at it from another point of view. Or maybe I can put myself in the opposing party's point of view, put myself in their shoes and see, oh, maybe what I am doing is actually wrong. And what I really want to be doing is thinking about it from a holistic point of view. How can you, like, let's say, like, I watch a video and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. In the moment, there's, there's, there's a couple of issues that I face personally, sure. and I'm, I'm trying to work through this myself, is when I find myself going down, for lack of a better expression, a negativity path, when I'm getting in my head, I'm ruminating, something's going on mentally. It's hard for me in that moment to step back enough to to try and implement different strategies. Now I've got my ideas, which I'll I'll, I'll share afterwards as well. But the first battle in my in my mind to to sort of change that perspective is to realize that you have to because you know when you get when you're feeling you know not so great, you sort of get trapped in that sort of process. Do you, do you sort of follow what I'm saying? Yes. How do, so? I suppose the question is is how do you how do you personally realize that you're going down that path and sort of like sort of realize to even take the action to change your perspective to get into the other person's shoes to look at what's happening from a different perspective i guess not one answer is correct for that and um, there could be multiple different things from whatever it is you may be doing that's not going the way that you assumed it was going to go or predicted the way it's going to go and um, that could be anything work family 
um, friends even, you know. And if these things aren't going the way you're going, that you expected it to go, whether it's like, oh, I thought I was going to hang out and have this kind of, a, I guess, euphoric moment with this group of people or whether it's I was hoping to get the results for this at work because I really want to hit my KPIs and it's not happening. Um, one or two, yeah, you can understand. That's fair enough, you know. People aren't going to always reach their goals and get everything they want 100% of the time. But if it's consistently happening, then you're like, okay, hold on. There's got to be, maybe, maybe, what's the common denominator, right? And the common denominator in whether I'm not hitting my KPIs at work, I'm not having a great time with my friends, or whether I'm not eating well, is you. So that's when you realize, okay, from vast range of different things, the common denominator is me. So I guess I've got to look at how I'm approaching certain things and how I can change that so I can have a better numerator, I guess, for lack of words. I, I do agree with that. If everyone's got a problem, you've got a problem. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's right. I agree. That I still want to just nut down on the on the specific moment, mm-hmm. as in you, you feel your anger rising, or someone cuts you off. Let's let's just go like someone cuts you off at traffic, and like you or or something bad happens. You get bad news, or in that instant, because like over the long run, I agree. Yeah, but in that sh- in that specific moment that it's happening during, because like you've, there's almost like there's two two versions of you: the one that looks back and reflects and sort of can go down that path and sort of analyze. 2020 in hindsight, yeah. Exactly. But I want to, if possible, can you change the perspective or what do you do to sort of realize it in the moment? Um, it's it's hard. Um, yes. And just because I preach these videos and try to promote positivity, I get it wrong just as much as the next guy or the next person. Um, I guess an example I can use is, um, all right, say, say you're driving, yeah, Zach? You're driving down the road. You know, for whatever reason, you're in an average mood, right? Like, which majority of people are all the time when they're driving. And someone just cuts you off. They don't signal. They don't anything. Um, how's your, what's your initial reaction going to be? Um, depends on my mood, but... Generally annoyed? Yeah. Generally annoyed. And that's I, probably a majority of people are going to feel that. But what about if you change perspective and say, hey, that person that cut you off had a sick kid in the back and they were trying to get to the hospital. Then you're like, oh, shit. You know, hold on. Their need is greater than mine. So, so you're sort of your default is to assume the best in other people. I think that's the only way you can promote positivity. That guy could be an asshole, or it could be in trouble in some a capacity. Worried, a worried parent. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I think that that that, that hits an nail on the head is assuming the best in other people. And I, that, that actually helps you live a better quality life mm. because if you're assuming the best in people and it's not affecting the things that you do uh, from day to day, that is, you're generally going to be happier. You're going to be more successful, which means you can be more productive in the day and get more things done. Whereas if you're starting to hate on people and hate on situations and consistently be negative, um, you're not going to be as uh, as productive as you could be if you were positive. And that's part of the reason, yeah. It's... I like to sort of get down to the root of things. Mm-hmm. I can assume that people are great, okay. but that doesn't necessarily stop their their actions from hurting me or impacting me negatively. Yep. Right? So let's say the person cuts me off and I get anger, angry. I assume that they're, they're a good person or that there's something going on in their life that caused them to be less considerate to me. Mm-hmm. I still feel upset. Yep. Do, you know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like the logical part of me can go down that path. Yep. What do I do to rectify the, the feelings that I still have? The, the anger, the annoyance, the, you know, and this is obviously just for this sort of cliched example of yep. cutting you off and for whatever it may be, but yeah, for whatever, yeah. What can I do to address the feelings now that I'm still feeling that, that sort of lingering, it's like, Oh, I'm angry. Okay. Maybe that person, you know, think positive. Yep. However, I still feel that frustration. Mm. Yep. Um, I'm still trying to find the answer. It's bulletproof. I don't think anyone in the world's found that answer to completely eradicate frustration from any situation. Um, I'm still working on it, but what I'm trying to do is when these things are whether someone cutting you off or whether it's being told off by someone or whatever it may be, is, okay, yep, that's a temporary thing. Is it going to affect you in like, I read this great quote actually, is it going to affect you, oh, I changed the quote a little bit, but essentially I'm paraphrasing, is it going to affect you in 24 hours or, or one week or five years? Yeah. And most often they're not, the answer is no. They're not, that guy cutting you off isn't going to affect you in five years, so it shouldn't be worrying now. So, I'm trying to live by it. I'm trying to work on it. So these little things that happen, whether it's my staff annoying me and not doing what I want them to do, but in the end, it's temporary. So do you really want, I guess, um, something temporary to cause you permanent or long-lasting negativity causing you grief? And that's how I'm trying to think. I'm like, okay, what, what, what's worth it more? 
me trying to, I guess, completely remove this frustration and or thinking about the frustration and being more frustrated or trying to be like, you know what, just focus on something better. Like, it's a nice day outside, the sun's out. Today I get to play basketball or whatever it may be, you know? So that's what I try to do anyway. So I think what I'm hearing, it's like you, you try to accept the situation that's happening, mm-hmm. detach from it, yep. and then change perspectives. 100%. And if you can sort of... Trigger, trigger, trigger when that happens and sort of get into that practice, get into that practice, get into that practice and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Sound, we, sounds reasonable. <laughs> sounds reasonable, yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to it's, do. It's, it's hard to, yeah. Because we, we're, we're very emotional creatures, all of us. As, mm. as humans, I think it is. Uh, it's so easy for us to shed um, hate and any kind of animosity towards situations, but it's so much harder for us to be positive about things. What about general life positivity versus like that sort of malaise or depression so if, if something comes up in the moment you'll know like this you can sort of notice that spike that that change in temperament you might be able to yeah. implement something but let's say you've had a long day maybe you you've you've been working all day and you've, you've stayed late a bunch of stuff's happened it's like you know and that's day after day after day right you're going to start trending down yeah what would you suggest someone does to be able to start to turn that trend around if that makes sense not necessarily just like it's not like one bad thing happened in the moment but it's just that general life grind that can sort of get people down if it's just continually weighing on them if you know what i'm saying and i guess the question is how do you try to avoid that or try to deal with it i suppose yeah okay so yeah let's let's say like it's let's say obviously trying to set up your life in a way that can help best manage that i'm always talking about um guarding your mental state and you know working in what you like and all of that sort of stuff right so avoiding it is ideal or setting up a life that it doesn't happen would be ideal but that's obviously impossible it's going to happen so when it does or how will you address a more life confirming thing and i suppose we've already touched on half of the response but yeah yeah i think um it's going to happen every day every second every minute whatever it is right and the only way you you have to mitigate that and i think you have to mitigate is my life generally going towards where I want it to go? All this crap's going to happen, whatever it may be. That's for not just me, it's for you, for everybody, right? So I guess what you want to focus on is if it outweigh, if the positives outweigh the negatives and that what your, your happiness is going to in an upward spiral, that's fine. It's only when it starts to plateau, I think, is when you, you realise I've got to make a shift or a significant shift rather in my life to change this. Everyone's going to have issues. It's going to be hard no matter what you do in life. I'm sure the richest person in the world has the most stressful days. Who is it now? Like Jeff Bezos, Bezos is it? I don't even know how to say his name. Amazon. Amazon guy, yep. yeah. All right. I'm sure even he has crazy stressful days. But in the end, he's working towards his goal. I'm working towards my goal. I wish it was very similar to his goal, but it's not. <laughs> but, um, you know, it is. So I guess as long as you're walking, working towards your ultimate goal in a way that your mood, your emotion is just being positively, I guess, trajected. I think that's really all that matters. So you're looking for, you're okay to go through the grind if the grind's got a purpose towards a goal. Yeah, and everyone has to go through crap no matter what. You can't avoid it. Like you said before, you can't avoid it. Mm. It's um, unrealistic to think that you can. It's more like, all right, I want to learn from these mistakes that I make, all these hard parts in my life, so that the next time it happens, either A, I'm going to be able to avoid it altogether, or B, I'm going to be able to deal with it in a much better way. Okay. I want to keep going down this part path of money and work. Um, and the first thing is, is what do you do for work? Yep. Um, and just, you know, share a little bit about that. And then I want to delve into the, the money, happiness, that sort of side of things. Sure. All right. So for work, um, I work as a relation manager for one of the banks in Australia. So, um, won't hold it against you. Yeah. So I'm a banker. Wanker, that's right. <laughs> Doing it for a while. So I apologize to anyone listening, <laughs> but, um, it's good. Uh, what I do now, I really enjoy it. I think the company I work for is great. So, um, can't go wrong. So are you dealing with customers or are you dealing with um... clients? Yeah. So it's about account management, essentially of affluent clientele, um, helping them with the business goals, personal goals and whatnot. Um, dealing yeah. with complaints and stuff or. Um, is it more? I haven't had any personal complaints against me as yet. Being in this role for almost two years now, so I think I'm doing pretty well. No, I mean complaining against the bank or just their situation. Oh no, it's mainly their situation. Trying to help them. It's kind of like financial situations okay. with 
everyday customer, customers like yourself and they come to me and say, look, you know, what can I do? Or businesses come, business owners, etc. You know, how can I set up this and do this and borrow more, etc. Um, so it's... So you're helping them follow their goals more so than... I am. ...dealing but, with the, the repossessings that are... Yeah. It, yeah, oh yeah, that's okay, exactly so, right. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not you're a seeing, You're seeing the, the, the happier side. I'm seeing the happier side. I'm not a debt collector, which is great. I oh. don't know if I could do that. Um, but I think what I learned from this is people get very... Um, protective and narky around anything to do with money rightly so um and from that i've realized how to deal with different types of personalities and it's all about i guess from work when i was asking open-ended questions to someone that you just met just to get an idea of what their culture is like their their internal how uh, they view money is a thing yeah exactly right then you can kind of help them put them on the right path without it accidentally saying something that might trigger them um, or upset them. So that's what I do for work essentially every day. So five okay. days a week, sometimes six. <laughs> well, it, considering the line of work, I want to go down the idea of, um, you know, money and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, my view of money and happiness is that up to a certain level, you can, if you earn up to a certain amount, be anywhere beyond that, you're, you're basically not going to add much actual happiness to your life. So let's say you've got enough money to earn a car, to have a house, to pay the bills and get the food and that sort of stuff. Anything beyond that, it's sort of, it's it's not not needed, but it's not adding that much to your life. So I've got a crap car. Yeah. yeah. But if, if you gave me a Lamborghini, I wouldn't say no to it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but it's not adding any extra value to my life in the sense that, that car would still get me from, to the same places, to deal with the same people, to do the same work, to do all of that sort of stuff. So that's sort of that's sort of my opinion that like I sort of value my time significantly more than I value money. Yep. For that for that sort of that purpose. That's good. What's what's your view? Are you like are my... you you know hunting the big dollars or are you going for what, what's your what's your? Um, that's that's a really good question. Um, I actually spoke about this with one of my mates recently, and we had a really good conversation about happiness versus money. Yeah. And time plays a big part in both those. Um, and just off the Lamborghini comment, I guess, would you rather cry, cry in a $2,000 Mitsubishi or a half a million dollar Lamborghini, right? So yeah. you know, that, that is what it is. But I guess what me and my friend actually got to the conclusion was it's, um, money doesn't necessarily make you happy. Having a million dollars in your bank account won't make you happy. And my mate's very for that. He, I guess he's um, on that side of the fence, which is like, money doesn't make you happy. It's whatever life is. Which I am kind of a preacher for, yep. but I'm very on the fence because, for example, I have my own commitments, whether mm. it's paying off my parents' mortgage, which I've been doing for years, which stresses me the hell out, fixing up their finances, which stresses me the hell out even more. Um, I know that if I was to be given X amount of money, that headache would be gone. So my argument to that... Sorry, you were going to say? No, no, go for it. Yeah, so I guess what I, what I was going to say is from that... Money doesn't directly give me happiness, but it indirectly does because indirectly it's going to give me time, yes, freedom to do whatever I want. And with that, I'm going to be happier. Yep. I'm going to probably live a better quality life because, hey, if I want to spend that extra 10 bucks to buy good quality food rather than $5 cheeseburger or whatever it is, I'm going to do it. It improves my health, my mental state. I think that's where I think money is important. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you on that. I, I, I hear and I read a lot of people going, you know, money doesn't matter at all. And I'm, I'm definitely on board. It's up to a certain point that it matters. This is this is from my perspective. But you do have to have that perspective because if you're struggling to pay the bills, if you're worried and the, you know worried about the debt collectors, you're worried about all that sort of stuff, it's going to be hard to think positive. One of the most, one of the leading causes of relationship breakups, I think the leading cause is financial issues. I'm not surprised, yeah. Um, and there's obviously a correlation between um, socioeconomic status and mental health problems. Um, and, you know, the cause and correlation could go either way. Um, you know, does does mental illness cause low socioeconomic or does it you know, vice versa? Yeah. But either way, there's a correlation there. Let's say don't have to state the number, but you probably have a like an amount that you'd be happy earning, right? Yeah. Beyond that, I'm getting the feeling that anywhere beyond that amount of money would, you'd be happy to have, but it wouldn't, if it came at the cost of lifestyle, if it came at the cost of being able to do other stuff, you'd be like, mm, maybe I don't need it. Not worth it. Yeah. Is that, is that am, I, am I sort of right there? Or? Yeah, you're spot on. I think it's a trade effect there. Um, trade would be, I guess, family and time versus um, money. Yeah, working right. So um, yes, there is a number. Everyone has a number. Um, I 
think it's hard because again, because I've I've got flipped on this so many times, man. Mm. Um, it'll be because I, for example, I've gotten just little parts in my career where I'm starting to make X amount of dollars where I didn't think I was going to make five years ago, and mm. I'm like, oh, great, awesome. But what happens when you start making more money? Yep. You start spending more money. Yeah, you, you, if you, if you can be disciplined enough to keep your spending habits at the same level as your yeah, yeah income. Like, I found that as well when I when I started working full time, my it, I, I saved the same amount as when I was working part-time, like right. literally to the dollar. Yeah, the percentage of ratios are the same. Yeah, like I was able to, I was lucky enough to to invest, um, you know, get a property based on my ability to earn, but I didn't pay it off. I didn't do anything more. Like I was um, exactly the same in terms yeah. of saving because my spending went up with my, with my, um, you income. know, income. And that's, um, yeah, you get you get that trap, don't you? It's essentially um, like two parallel lines following each other: it, expenses versus income. But and 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 you're fine. Working in the industry, I can safely say seven to eight out of ten people are exactly the same. Mm, they it, spend just as much as they make, and if they have a jump in income, they have a jump in expenses. Yeah, and there's really it's really hard to avoid that. I think I do it quite well now. But even saying that, I know I'm looking back and I'm like, normally I wouldn't have done this, you know, while I was at uni because I can't afford that extra. I can't afford that forty dollars steak. Like last night, I was meant to go have a forty dollars steak with my cousin, which I didn't think was going to be forty dollars. Yeah, I, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, so so I didn't go. I, I like he, first of all, so it was late as well, and then he's like, "Oh, you know, let's, let's go to this place." I'm like, "Oh, how much is steak there?" He's like, "It's like forty, fifty bucks." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not comfortable spending forty, fifty dollars <laughs> on steaks. How about like you know, let's go to ten dollars Asian food somewhere?" <laughs> but you know, you, you try to I guess mitigate that, but um. I yes. hate that. That's one of the worst things you can do to someone is take them out and not let them know the price range of the. Thing that yep. they're gonna have to like if you're taking them out and you're paying, take me anywhere. Take me anywhere you want. But yeah. if if, if you ex- that that's an awkwardness that uh, like a social awkwardness that I get. I get that it's like where are we going? Do I have the cash? Exactly right. Yeah, that 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 gets to me sometimes. But yeah, no. What you said when you get to a certain point, it's just extra cash that I mm. guess extra cash you don't really need. Um, but I guess you want to really focus on life and expenses that will come up in the future as well. That's the other side of the I guess the coin. Because um, you get to a point where you're making money, but then all of a sudden you might have another kid. You might get married. You might life happens. Life happens. So I and guess, it's gonna happen. And it's gonna happen. So there, there's a, there's a fact that um sort of relates to this is that let's say I asked you to judge your looks and you make jokes about your looks. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're a fu- funny guy. Um, <laughs> think you're very handsome, and you know, so do you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the 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 stat is that if you ask people to rank themselves out of ten in terms of looks, the average person should rank themselves a five. But the average person ranks themselves a seven, which means the average person thinks they're better looking than what they are. Right. Same's true for personality, for sporting ability, for intelligence, for every factor. I'm not surprised, yeah. <laughs> now, makes sense. But what that means is, is that everyone thinks they're better than what they are. Right. The average person thinks they're better. If you are truly a five, you think you're a seven. Yeah. If you're truly a seven, you think you're a nine. Gotcha. So everyone's over... Well, the average person's over overstating themselves. But what that also relates to is if you look at, say, gambling or Tats Lotto, or conversely, um, you know, say, the impact of smoking or some sort of bad event occurring, mm-hmm. no one thinks the bad stuff's going to happen. Yep. Everyone thinks the good stuff's going to happen to them. So we, we, we think we're inherently lucky, inherently not unlucky, um, and, you know, with the, with the money thing, and I'm sure you might see this, it's like, you know, no one thinks the bad stuff's going to happen. Like, I've got a, I've got a one and a half year old. Yeah. If, we, if we have another baby, that significantly changed my financial perspective. Hugely, yeah. I don't think we will. We're not planning it yet. But you never know, yeah. It could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, like, hopefully, you know, the car doesn't break. You know, but stuff happens. Is when it, right? Yeah, but life. when it, <laughs> life happens. But when it does happen, you're like, you don't expect it to happen. In the same way, you know, we think we're, we're better than what we are. Right. But it's going to happen. That's right. And I think that's that's something that people need to... Realise and, realize and, and educate themselves on, I think. How do, you, how do you find the balance between being realistic mm-hmm. and not getting down about the... You know, the, the shit's going to happen. How do, you, how do you balance that idea of, of staying, you know, true to what the reality of life is? Yeah without becoming an anxious person going, well, I can't drive because of the, you know, the stats of driving are this and, oh, you know, right. I need to do this and I've got to save and, you know, and the getting into that anxiety hole. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, um, so you're essentially talking about fear. Um, I, this is going to sound um, probably a little bit arrogant, but um, I'm not fearful of life and I'm not fearful of death either. Um, it's crazy um, because I think I could be taken tomorrow. I could be taken a week from now. 
So I'd rather work towards the ultimate goal, you know, to have a good life in 20, 30 years as well, but at the same time, I want to live in the moment. So I guess I try to remove that fear from avoiding traffic because I might crash, avoiding heavy rains because I might crash or whatever it may be, or taking little risks with money even, you know, whether it's investing in something like crypto, you know, you never know because I guess I'm not really fearful of those things and I want to give life everything that I can give it, whether it's um, doing a new course, studying here or taking up a new martial art, which I know you're a big fan of, or whether it's um, reading these books that I really got to get down to or watching this new TV show even, you know, and I want to do it now and I try to organize my days to be able to do it so that if something does happen if I do break my leg and I'm out for what two months three months at least I started you know no regrets no regrets Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu I never want to look back and I've, I've done this when I was young low teenage years where I look back now and I'm like it was a great time to learn the lesson because I learned the lesson that I never want to look back and say hey Tanella you should have you could have but you didn't but you didn't yeah I, I agree Um, something something when I teach in high schools, kids will randomly ask me, it's a fairly common question, like, mm. what are you afraid of? And, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, what are you afraid of? And they're like, oh, spiders or heights or whatever. Yeah. And I always come back with regret. Yeah. It's like, 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 you know, like obviously there's, there are like legitimate fears that I have, but you know, spiders aren't keeping me up at night. That's right. Fear, like, you know, heights aren't keeping me up at night. Yeah. What keeps me up and what, what worries me is, am I doing enough now? Mm. Like, am I, am I, am I living to the fullest capacity? Like I want to, you know, get my get as many books out as I can because awesome, if, yeah. if I'm done that's it yeah. like you know legacy that, over that's it whatever I leave on the table is what I leave on the table right. you 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 mentioned that you don't have fear mm-hmm. have you always felt that way or was there maybe a turning point or something that happened that um, when got I, you there yeah I, I think I'll be a bit more specific when I mean I don't have fear I don't have fear with taking on life um, I am fearful of a couple things um, actually I'm fearful of really one thing you know um it's, it's losing someone that i care about or losing my parents for example you know it's gonna happen but it's gonna happen <laughs> and that's probably the only fear i have but in terms of tackling life no i don't have any fears and i guess the reason for me not having fear is fear is because I'm, I'm more focused on being all that i can be while i can be um it's kind of like a little mantra that i guess i live by on a daily basis and that's the only way i can see myself growing and developing into someone that I know I'll be proud of or completely proud of one day. So there's no, there was no like defining moment. Like some people like, they're like, Oh, I lost my fear when, you know, I was in a car crash or, you know, survived cancer or something. There was no like defining moment that was just sort of like gradual or have you always felt, felt that way of like tackling life head on? I think, I think deep down, I mean, I guess we could could touch on it now, but I grew up around, I guess a lot of depression. I was surrounded by depression growing up, not me personally, but you know, around it um domestic violence as well um and no one knows this um we spoke about this last year and when you asked me to write that piece and i was very hesitant because of what people would think but the first 16 17 years of my life were pretty crazy um they were pretty hectic and no one knew not even my best friend knew and actually two of my closest friends only found out last year february because i had to leave a little getaway in the middle of the night at 3 4 a.m to go back home to look Mm. after a few things so yeah, so that's what it was about. And um, I guess that's what I learned from it. Um, sorry, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> Has there been... How, how... A defining moment, yeah. yeah. So I think I think recently over the last couple of years is when that probably started affecting me. But not that I was thinking about it and it affected me, but I was like, you know what? No, because shit can hit the fan any time of the day. So I want to do everything I can while I can do it. Because I want to set myself up to have the best possible life that I can have. Mm. Um, so I guess that's what it was, I think, subconsciously from my childhood. Um, and that's pretty much it. I think um, having a past with depression, being around depression and being around um, you know, domestic violence, it's, it's a lot more common than, than people, than you first feel. Mm-hmm. And you said a lot of people in your life you know, don't know or didn't know. Yeah, even to this day, people don't know. It's. I feel that, well, at least from my experience, everyone's living in their own bubble of like this. This was this was the normal, right? That's As in, exactly like exactly what I thought, man. Yeah, like like like. I mean, tell me if if you felt this, but like I'm like, you know, my father was a drug addict, drug dealer, right? Right, and I knew that there were some fathers that you know worked and did regular stuff. However, all of his friends were all like him, right? Right. 
So until I was a bit older and started, you know, expanding my, my horizons and this, this is growing up. That's just how everyone's was. The the all of the dads and mums were separated. It was almost like a norm for you, right? It was a norm yeah. because that's that's what it was. And you know, people people hang around like like people, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and when you're a kid, you sort of accept that how how you see things is how everyone does it, right? You know, and 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 what that ends up happening is is that you sort of live in your own little world and your own your own sort of view, and it's it's sort of confirmed by a bunch of people. But when you get to be an adult you you start seeing everyone but everyone's got their own little hidden universes their hidden past that they don't like to share because you don't you feel awkward should i bring this up it's it's hard it's it's um you know mentally draining you don't want to burden other people and there's this whole sort of mental thing that's happening yeah i found since i've started sharing that people are able to open up and start talking to me and like getting back into letting letting sort of getting back into their past and sort of letting letting um letting you sort of accept it from a adult perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they, they're able to, to once I've started talking to people, they're able to start responding back and sort of going, Oh, well I see that you've lived something that I've lived. I've seen that you've gone through something I have. They can relate with you. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and then like back to the positivity, mm-hmm. if they can relate, they can actually start to feel some sort of healing because they're not alone anymore. Right. Do you know what I mean? I agree. And with, with like, with you, with, with being around depression, one in five people currently have mental Ill- a mental illness of some capacity and depression, anxiety is the main ones. And I don't know the stats on domestic violence, but I know that it's scarily high. It's higher than you think, yeah. Higher than you think. Like, like I'll look into the stats of, like, you know, all of these sort of things, mental illness, suicide rates, depression, yeah. um, family violence, sexual assault, and that sort of stuff. And yeah. there's just... The rates of these things are so much higher than you think. Than you think, and and people don't share and don't talk, and they bottle it up. Mm-hmm. And if we bring it right back to the start of this conversation, let's say you're dealing with this internal mind frame of like living in your own mind from yeah. whatever's happened to you in your past, right? And they can, you know, like how what happens to you when you're a kid hangs with you, yeah, unless you start addressing it, right? So you're in your own mindset. You're dealing with this. You're dealing with this. You're dealing with this. And then someone comes along and is aggressive to you. Yeah. And that triggers a bunch of stuff that has happened from your past, right? Yeah. Now, not a, you're not really dealing with that person, are you? You're dealing with... You're fighting with your previous... Yeah, you're fighting your past, right? Encapsulating it in that person that cut you off in traffic, right? Yeah. You're not giving that person the benefit of the doubt that's probably happening in their life. It's, it's really great that you bring that up. Um, and this is how I tackle those situations. I try to look at everything from a bird's eye point of view, right? So in that situation or many situations like that, how I think about it is, hold on. I always, first of all, I'm like, there's a good chance that person has another reason or maybe I might be wrong. And the reason I do that is because I've been the victim before many times. Of, I, of like someone not like assuming incorrectly about you. Sort of assuming incorrectly about me or... Or, for example, growing up, you know, around bipolar and depression and all that, you know, and then where I'd be copying this blame as like a five, six, seven, eight year old kid when it was nothing to do with me, you know, which is, I guess, I guess it was a kind of like a shedded onto me from people that were suffering, whoever it was, right? And um, so then I think, okay, so if this, if I treat this person that way, I'm doing exactly what was done to me 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Do I want to be that person? And that's really powerful for me because I'm like, no, every situation, no matter, even if someone comes up to me and says something racist or something, whatever it may be, then I'm like, let me, instead of like getting angry and firing back, I'm like, hold on, let me clarify. Maybe I misheard. You know, that's, I think that's what everyone should do. I think, I think having that pause, even if, even if you did hear correctly and they are racist or what's your background just to Sri Lankan, Sri Lankan. Yeah. So there would be an, uh, yeah, so I'm a brown boy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I grew up around that. I mean, it's fine. I'm in primary school, people... Are, it's well, fine, but it's not really fine, really. No, it's not fine to be racist, but I think um, you get you go through it where people might say, hey, you're, you know, as, as Rex Hunt once said, Leon Davis was as black as a dog in AFL, right? I mean, it's not, it's not good at all, obviously, but those things do happen. They kind of shape you to be able to understand because people just don't understand. Once sometimes. again, racists exist. You got to accept that. You got to accept it. That's and, right. that, and that unfortunately sucks. I, I find this with veering off topic a bit, like the, the political correct side of things, right? Yeah. 
I think there's a distinct lack of acceptance that some people are just not that nice. That some people will be aggressive. Some, you know, coming from a self-defense background, I will advise women to make sure you're dressing in a way that is appropriate to the circumstances. And I get a lot of feet kickback from that, particularly from feminist types saying, well, I should be able to do this, should be able to do that. And I'm like, I agree with you. You should be able to do whatever you like. However, realistically, we're living in a world that has people that aren't nice. And you've got to accept that reality. Like the ideal would be to drive towards a, a, a world that isn't racist or isn't going to have sexual assault or yeah. family violence or anything like that. That's my goal too. Like It is, but all it's, good. it's far however, away. Yeah, however... I would advise you to be aware of the realities of the situation. 100%. And then within that thing of keeping yourself safe, if something does come, step back, detach, think the best, but ultimately still protect yourself. Because, yep. yeah, you might have misheard, or you might be about to have a conflict. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's, right. it's, it's finding that balance, because you can go too far the other side of things, and I'm not saying you're definitely not like this, but some people want to think the best of other people, but they go to such an extreme that they put themselves as the victim. And I, I used to be like this. One of my main goals in every relationship was like, I just want to, you know, make the other person happy. And this would be like romantic relationships or friend relationships and stuff. But ultimately there was two problems. One, well, multiple problems, really. I couldn't predict what they wanted. Yeah. Number two, if I'm just trying to placate you and just like, Oh, I'll, I'll do whatever you, you know, like, you know, not that you'd be that overt about it, but I lose all sense of character in myself. There's I'm not giving the relationship anything. I think the issue with that is um, that happens often. I think, I think we've all do it at certain points. It comes down to us not respecting ourselves. Um, that's how I see it. Because I think if you value value yourself enough, then you know you go through that period where you're trying to be the nice guy, you're trying to be a good person, and then you get screwed over or whatever it is by situations, by work, by friends, whatever it may be. Then you grow into this person and it's like, okay, cool. So sometimes it's important to be like, I know what my self-worth is. You can't be a doormat. You can't be a doormat. 100%. I, I find that as well. Like I try and be this is something I've been working on is, is setting a line as in prior to an interaction. If this is the line I'm, I'm happy to go up to, I'm happy to play joke, blah, blah, blah. I'll help you out up into my line. Mm-hmm. Once my line's crossed, then it's going into, if I let you cross the line on me, now it's going to come at a cost to my mental health. And even if I don't value myself enough, I, I do now, but in the past I didn't, I'm like, well, what does my mental health being detracted means? It means that I can't do a job properly and I've got that responsibility. It means I can't be a good father. It means I can't be a good partner because I'm being detracted from, if that makes sense. That's good. If I, if I let you cross the line of my mental health barrier, whatever that line is, you know, like, I'll, I'll help you. But if I'm in a bad place, I won't help you as much. I'll pass, pass you on to some sort of other people or services. I'll still yeah. be there, but there's a line that I can't cross. Yeah, because you don't want to put yourself at risk trying to help the world, essentially. Exactly. It's out, and this is, this is sort of coming, coming back to what you're doing with the videos, right? Yep. Um, I know from my experience, a lot of people will message me and I, I welcome them talk, let, you know, maybe we can work out something, share your problems and all that sort of stuff. However, there is, there is a level that if it gets too much, I will let the person know, like, I'm, I'm not, you know, capable of helping with this. I've, or if I'm not in a bad, if I'm in a bad place, I won't look at the messages Yeah. because it's like, if I'm struggling and I try to help someone else that's struggling, it's not going to be good. It's not gonna be good. There's an analogy of, um, let's say someone that's struggling is, is down, down in a well, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to get down into the well with them. I want to, I want to lend, I'll, I'll lend them the hand if I'm strong enough to do so, or I'll make them a ladder and they can climb themselves out if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not as, if I'm not in a good place, That's right. you know, or if there's like 10, 10 people in 10 wells, you know, maybe I can teach them how to climb out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's a, it's a not the best analogy, but... No, no, I understand what you're saying. It's about finding the best situation for all parties involved. Yeah, exactly. And and the other thing is, in the past, I've had... um, I would be... I would throw myself into other people's problems so much that it it was quite detrimental to my, my own happiness, my yeah. own sanity. I would sacrifice myself so much that I, too, was in need of help. And that left, when I inevitably, you know, cracked, then the person I was helping struggled. Yeah. I was struggling. And also, because I was helping the person so much, they started relying on me as opposed to helping themselves. Yeah. And that's another thing that I'm trying to work on with my son. He's, he's a year, almost a year and a half. 
in one of the one of the quotes that I um I got from um Jocko Willink. Have you heard of Jocko yes, Willink? Yes, he's the black and white Instagram guy, right? Yes. Get onto his podcast, the Jocko podcast. One of the things he said in one of them was if I'm helping my child, I'm hurting them. And it's an interesting sort of thing, but let's say your kid knows how to tie their shoes. If that kid comes up to you and asks you to tie their shoes after that fact, are you helping them or are you hindering them? Do you see what I'm going for? I completely agree with this. So like, I'm, you know, the couch, I'm just looking at my couch now and it's about, the, it goes up to about chest height on my son. He struggles to get up. He like flops on it, grabs, pulls and climbs and it's this yeah. whole ordeal, right? If he wants to sit next to me on the couch, I know that he can get up there. Yeah. He'll cry, but he'll be like, uh, let me up. Yeah. I could pick him up and put him on there. And, you know, if he's if it's nighttime and he's, you know, about to fall asleep, I will. Yeah. But in general, he can do it himself. So am I helping him or am I hurting him by doing that? I think that's a great life lesson. <laughs> I think it's perfect. And I, it's actually reflective a lot of my younger sister. Yeah. Um, quick background of the story. We grew up quite poor when I was a young kid. And when my sister, big age crap, 10 years grew up, we had more money. You know, ah, we, lucky, lucky her, quite unquote. <laughs> yeah, so we're middle class now, right? So good on her, you know. I mean, for me, a, a present would be buying that packet of Samboy barbecue chips when I was six years old. And I would wait months for that. It'd be <laughs> awesome, right? right? Yeah. Now that's like not enough. Now now it's like I want an iPhone every week or whatever. <laughs> it is, right? And I think that's exactly right. It's about the parenting styles. You shouldn't be giving everything. You shouldn't be doing everything. And I teach that with the kids that I volunteer with as well. I'll teach them what the you, way. What do you do for volunteering? So Matt's English. I'm actually... Oh, like tutoring. Tutoring, yeah. yeah. So um, it's going pretty well. Um, and I have a couple kids. Uh, I have one kid with autism. I have one kid with ADHD as well. And that's testing me and moving, making me stronger. It's you'll fantastic, yeah. to be honest. But um, yeah, so my, my whole thing is exactly what you're saying. You're hindering them. Mm. Teach them the way once, maybe twice, depending on the, I guess, situation. Or get, the... get them to know the skill. Once, you can, once they can do it, then yeah. they can do it. And once they know the skill... Then they got to figure it out themselves, and that's just a life lesson. And I cop so much slack from this from my sister because I give her speeches all the time, which I think is golden, but she never listens. It's it's, it's hard to. So yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's hard to give advice or even treat people in any capacity that's a relative or a close friend. Yeah. Because like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you found this with some of the stuff you're saying. The people that are closer to you know you as you, all of you. You know, and same, same thing with me. The people that I interact with daily know me as me in my highs, my lows, and all that sort of stuff, mm. right? People that I speak to online only see what they see of me. You know or, what I mean? Or what you want them to see. Yeah, what I want them to see. <laughs> and I do share, like, I do make an effort to share both sides of it. Yeah. But ultimately, given what I'm doing, I'm trying to, you know, project positivity. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm trying to be that sort of person as well. But when you're with people that you know and that you're close to, they're like, yeah, but you know, you're my brother, shut up, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and close friends, they don't take you seriously because they don't know many things. Like, I mean, they don't know what your purpose is. They just might think, oh, shut up, bro. You don't know anything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like, you just pass it off as a joke. But sometimes you might be trying, and I've been in this situation where I'm genuinely trying to give advice to someone because of a, my expertise in banking or finance or whether it's my expertise in, I don't know, self-defense or whatever it may be. But it might not be taken seriously because this person knows me as the fun, joking yeah. uh, comedian rather than the guy that's actually, you know, can help you with your finances or can teach you how to defend yourself, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I find that. Um, I, suppose, I suppose it sort of relates. I wanted to know your opinion on uh, psychologists, therapists, counsellors, that sort of thing. Do you or have you seen one? And would you recommend um, other people to do so and in what circumstances? I actually have seen a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm not too sure which one I saw, to be honest, because I was very young. I would have been, not very young, I was about 10. Yeah. Um, it's probably around the time that, you know, going through all those things we've mentioned before, where my parents, like, it's probably worthwhile you go see a psychiatrist. So I went, and I can't remember it much. I don't think it helped at all for me personally, because I don't recall it having a positive impact. But I do believe that it can help a lot of people. Mm. Um, having people that are psychologists in the field and even psychiatrists in the field and a couple of close mates that are GPs, um, they recommend that it can help with certain types of um, problems mentally that people have, whether it's you know, depression, uh, bipolar, whether it's um, even things to do with domestic violence and whatnot, it helps. Um, so I think people should go out and speak to someone they can trust, especially if you're working for big companies in Australia. There's a, there's a 
there's a program called EAP. So if anyone's listening, it's called Employee Assistance Program. Yeah. I've reached out to them um, previously for myself when work wasn't going, work was a bit too much for me. Um, they're good. So options are always available. And I think you should definitely take the options if they are there for you because it's only going to benefit you more than it would negative, uh, I guess, affect you adversely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that a lot that it's, it's that taking that first step that stops a lot of people. It's scary the, being judged. Right. Yeah, like this is why I advocate um, free writing as a, as you know a starting point. If you start writing down, just you know free writing, get a piece of paper and just write whatever comes to your mind. Don't worry about editing. Don't worry about grammar. Just get on the page. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a therapy session, but you're basically expressing yourself. It's like why do why do most religions have a form of confession in them? Because it's it's the act of just expressing yourself to someone else. It's like releasing your stress, essentially. Yeah, right? like 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 you know, diary writing's good, talking's good, expressing yourself is yep. good, right? The benefit in my my mind on um, an actual therapist is that you're expressing yourself to someone. They're, I, you know, ideally they're completely, you know, impartial to you. They have no connection to you whatsoever, other than through the therapy. So there is that, you know, obviously that feeling about the judgmental stuff. But they will move. They can because they're that third party. They're not really that directly close to you. Yeah, and I feel like the best thing with that is they're going to tell you black and white. They're not going to beat around the bush. Um, some be, do some some are not so yeah. good than others but if you find a good one you'll find one that it suits your personality style I guess that's actually you know what I stand corrected you're right yeah, that's right you got to find the right one so, some people like I'm I'm fairly a direct person so when I'm when I'm talking to people that I work with or anything it's just like tell it to me straight let's not beat around yeah. the bush like I'll tell you about being as honest as possible after this but I want directness. Yeah. So I'll be like, hey, what to the psychologist? I'm like, yeah, like this is my problem. What can I do here? Bang, 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 tell me. And the psychologist I have, I was starting to go down a path and she's like, just, I'm just going to stop you here. You're doing this thing again. And like in the past, psychologists would just let me ramble for like, you know, waste half the session yeah. on the same rumination, the same, like she recognized the, the sort of typecast of a thought that I was having. And rather than go through that whole thing again, just cut you short, cut me short. And I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, like you're, you're so right. But yeah. she cut me short told me think of this and bam that style works for me exactly so i guess you got to find someone that clicks with what you're after yes however other people might feel offended or insulted or not listened to you're spot on because um i'm the same bird as you i don't want to give it to me straight give it to me straight even my boss i say hey look this is what i'm doing wrong um and i know i'm doing it wrong so is there anything else that you want to add to this (laughs) so i tell him what my problems are before he knows where i'm lacking and but you're right give it to me straight People are going to, they prefer that sugar coating sometimes. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I don't mean no, it no, no. It's, 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 it's just a personality difference. It's a personality I, difference. I look at it as like teachers in high school. Mm. You had teachers you loved and teachers you hated. But some of the teachers you loved were hated by other people and vice versa. Yep. So if you do go and see a therapist and the first one sucks and they're not helping you, see someone else. If you've seen the same therapist for ages and you're not getting the results... Change Why? therapist. <laughs> Why are you going, right? Yeah, well, change therapist. Yeah. It's like it's like people see a physio and they're still injured and sore after a year. It's like maybe a physio sucks. Exactly right, yeah. Just because they're an expert. Like this is something that I've learned, you know, around that sort of 25 plus years old and I'm now 30. Yeah. I start to realize people are just people in the role of whatever, right? You go to a, you know, a bank manager and you're like, oh, I'm seeing a bank manager. Yeah. You're just a guy. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like... He's not a professional bank manager for Zachary Phillips. He's not a professional bank manager for Tanilla De Silva. He's a professional bank manager for people. <laughs> so that's what we and same with psychologists, same with the physiotherapists. They're just people. They're just people, professional in what they do, but they're not professional Zachary Phillips helpers. Yeah. Tanilla De Silva helpers. So I think we've got to understand. Find, find that. the one that you find. Exactly right. Just on the honesty thing, I um I try and be as honest as possible. So with my wife Maria, if she asks me, does my butt look big in this? And it does. I will say yes. If yep. if she's like, does this look good or whatever? And it's full honesty here. Yep. It does get a little bit heated sometimes. Yep. <laughs> However, she's learnt to, if she wants my opinion, she'll ask for it. But if she wants my compliments, she'll be like, can you compliment me about what I'm wearing? <laughs> That's good. And it sounds like a weird thing to do, but I think it's better because what it ends up being is that I, I hate... I hate the idea of having relationships in which you don't know where you stand. Right. So that game playing thing of like, oh, hey, what do you think about this? And you're like, you know, do they mean this? Do they mean that? Do they mean it? I just want to avoid all that crap mm-hmm. and go, this is the truth. Yeah. And, you know, this is what I need. This is what I want. So if, if I need comfort or a hug, right, I will ask for it. Mm-hmm. 
rather than sort of playing that game of like, oh, please help me. Because you know, there's, she's not a mind reader. I'm not a mind reader. If, if she wants a compliment because she feels like she needs it, you know, and obviously I'm not, this sounds like robotic. I'm not going to be like, oh, you look you know, shit every time. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be more like, you know, I'll still offer, you know, be niceness and kindness. But if I'm asked something, mm-hmm. I want to be as direct as possible. And I expect that directness back because it just saves a whole lot of mental game. Back and gain. forth as well. Yeah. And, and particularly in the workplace, it's like, hey, this is the problem we've got. Okay. This is the issue. Mm-hmm. Just directness. Do you, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate to that. Um, the funny thing is I'm 100% with yeah. you on this and me and my partner have heaps of fights about the same thing. Me and my parents don't get along well because of the same thing as well because I'm all about directness. They're all about shoe coding and trying to do everything, you know? See, just before you go yeah. on with the devil's advocate, I had that, but now it's starting to get to the point where people are like, oh, hey, you know, what? tell me your opinion on this because they know I'll give it to them if that makes sense. Anyway, go on. Yeah, so I guess playing devil's advocate to that is... Um, what, actually, not really devil advocate, but I'm going to ask you, why do you think some people prefer to have everything sugar-coated or handheld the whole way through? I think that it feels nicer. Yeah. Like, same thing with my kid. Archer. My kid, Archer. <laughs> my son. I've shared that with people, and they sort of, like, you know, picking, you picking him up on the couch versus him doing it. And they're like, oh, that's a bit mean. Like, say, you know, like, I'll give him a piece of food and he'll just, like, we've just been giving it to him and he can put it in his mouth. It seems harsh, but it's actually nicer in the long run. It, it seems like the nice thing to do to compliment you. Your eyes look beautiful. Well, do they or am I lying to your face right now? Just for a smile. Yeah. I mean, like, what, what's, what's, what's ultimately a deeper connection here? Me telling you the truth that might be a little bit painful, but ultimately now you know something about yourself that's, you know, a little bit whatever more accurate more accurate and i've not lied to you yeah like it, I, I think that people people are so worried about offending everyone and saying all this sort of stuff that it's like you want to like sugarcoat baby proof cellophane wrap around everything to hope yeah. that you know it's, it's not realistic and, and and like let's say like i i i put out like I'm I'm a I'm almost finished with my next book, How to Get Your Shit Together, self help yeah. book, and it's going to be a bunch of different chapters, a bunch of other stuff, and and the first person I get to read it is Maria, my wife, of course, and she'll read through stuff and she's like, this is good, this is good, this bit sucks, yeah, and she's like, oh, I don't want you know, I don't want to offend you. I'm like, no, no, be harsh, rather you than ten thousand people. You it, know? It, this is exactly my point. Like if 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 she can go, you know, this you need to fix this bit. This bit is rambly. This bit. Is this, this is that, whatever. Now I know. Do you know what I mean? That's like, it's like... Can't tell you after it's published, right? Ex- exactly. You, well, you can and there's ways to deal with it. But man, it's, it's better to get it right the first time than have to, you know, spend the time fixing it. I, I want realistic, uh, real, down-to-earth, just truth. Because it just, it just helps the I situation. Think it, I think it comes down to saving a lot of time. And <laughs> time and mental duress. And unnecessary mental effort i guess mm. so yeah no it's fair enough and I, I it's easy to have this conversation because we see eye to eye on this um you see eye to eye until i pick up something <laughs> yeah yeah and then, and then we have a, have a fight about it but no it's, i agree completely right yeah I, th- I think that um i think that that's the the the, the approach that i'd like to go through but the problem is is when you start at least i found when i started realizing that like honesty is a core value of mine that I had to be honest with myself and then realize that there's people in my life that just aren't honest. They're always playing these mental games. They're always doing this sort of stuff. And I had to start sort of veering away from those people and veering towards other people that are more similar to me. And, you know, it's caused me to lose and gain friends and, you know, change and find different work. And, you know, it's, it's, it's taking me, this, this path of honesty is taking me down a different approach. And I'm sure that I offend people with it, but it's not, my honesty isn't, uh, meant as an insult. Do you know what I mean? If I don't, if I, if I was going to insult you, the biggest insult, or if I wanted to hurt you, sorry, the biggest thing, the biggest way to hurt you would be to not tell you your flaws. Yep. Lie to my face. Lie to your face, right? It's like, if someone's like, uh, you know, I know a few people that are just, I just don't trust them. And I'm forced to interact with them. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I've got my guard up with these people. You know, there's, there's these, some, 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 you know, th- these people exist, right? Yeah. And, you know, whenever I meet a new person and you get that read that they're sort of a bit snaky and you're like, oh, I'll just 
end the interaction as quick as possible. I'm not going to offer any advice. I'm not going to offer any like deep connection. Just wrap it up. Just wrap it up and just step back. Agreed. Yeah. You know, because I want to. I want to protect myself from that perspective. But if if I did want to hurt someone, why would I offer them the advice that they need to hear? That's not going to have benefit in any way. Exactly. So I'm not sure if I've really gone down. No, no, that's fine. Agree. Let's um let's let's wrap it up a little bit. I just want sure. to ask you a couple of um quick questions. Go hit me. Uh, favorite book? Oh, probably losing my virginity, Richard Branson. Yeah. How yeah. come? Um, because you're a banker and <laughs> like money. No. Well, <laughs> well, I do. I do. I, do, I, do. <laughs> I think I've realized I like the idea of making money rather than spending money. It's weird. Well, it's, anyway, it's just a game. It's just a game, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I like the book because I read it. I read it years I've ago. I've got it in my bookshelf meaning to read you. you I'll, I'll read it now. <laughs> yeah, I read it years ago and then I didn't really pay attention to it. I kind of like skimmed through it because I was during my Harry Potter reading phase as well. So, but then I read it again probably maybe a couple of years ago and essentially what it showed me was that and also his book, Screw It, Let's Do It, they kind of go hand in hand. Is I've got that as well. I haven't read that. I'm, I'm it's a short one. You should getting, read that one. No, I've got them both. I yeah. need to, I'll get onto it and I'll let you know. Yeah, so read it and then what I got out of it was if I want to do something, don't count on anybody else. If I want to take a risk, mitigate my risk, no matter what it may be, look at the pros and the cons. If they outweigh the cons, the pros outweigh the cons. Do it. Do it. Nice. If you lose, you won because it means you're going to lose less later in life. Uh, I like I like that approach. Um, yeah, I like that approach. And that's with money, family, friends, my fuel positivity videos and Tanilla's thoughts, but yeah. Everything. Mm. I, I want to get into... We'll, we'll, We'll summarize what you what you're doing online just uh, at the end of this. I just want to just get another one. Favorite movie as well. Oh, favorite movie, Gladiator. Was that great movie? But yeah, great movie. I I don't know. I just fell in love with just um. I really like the war kind of aspect of film, especially that old school kind of war. And I just love Russell Crowe's performance. To be honest, it's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. It was just powerful. Like, and actually, the other thing was me and my dad watched together when I was about. Oh, I can't even remember. I would have been like ten, maybe. The, the bonding. It was just sort of those, like, me and my dad, dad's my best friend. So, you know, just that bonding is something that triggers, and I'm like, oh, good times with dad. No. <laughs> get get into it. Yeah, yeah, it was just awesome. <laughs> no, I fully appreciate that. So you mentioned, um, just very briefly, the the videos that you're doing mm-hmm. and the Tanilla's Thoughts. Mm-hmm. Can you just give a little rundown of, of what you're doing and how people can follow you, and um, we'll, we'll wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. Um, so... That's right. I'm doing a one-minute videos twice a week, Monday mornings and Thursday mornings um, on Twitter and on Instagram. So just one-minute videos, and essentially it's about watch you know, the 55-second one-minute video. Try to pick up something for it, and I'm sure you will. If it doesn't, maybe the next one will. It's just about changing a perspective of certain things and trying to get another perspective and trying to essentially do something that might better you or make your life a little bit easier going as well. Uh, it's all about fueling positivity. There's no negativity. Um, my handles are... At Tanilla De Silva, so that's T A N I L A D E S I L V A for both Twitter and Instagram. And your thoughts as well. Yeah, so I've hashtag the famous hashtag that I'm using, which has been used by countless people, such as Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, <laughs> Elon Musk is uh Tanilla's thoughts, so hashtag Tanilla's thoughts, T A N I L A S T H O U G H T S. Nice. Really glad that I got that right because I was worried I was spell that wrong. I can't spell, not yeah. at all. Um and yeah. You've, you've, you mentioned that you're getting a bunch of people DMing you and sharing and talking and stuff. It's, and... it's been fantastic. It's actually been really humbling. Um, I've been getting nothing but positivity from it. Um, people have been contacting me saying, hey, had this situation, can you help me with that? Or a lot of people doing that. And then the other side of it is people just replying back to little things that I say in the videos and saying, hey, I really needed to hear that. I had a really bad day. Um, thank you so much. Or they'd be like, hey, I see what you said there and I disagree with this. What do you think of this? And really good educational... Starting converse. Positive conversations. And it's not about saying that I'm always right. Good chance I'm wrong. Tell me about it. Let's have a chat. Not in a negative way. Let's try to educate ourselves and educate each other to have a better, I guess, life. You know, that's what it's about. So so everyone that's been sending me DMs and commenting, keep it up. It motivates me to do more and I'm hoping I can help you guys too. I love it. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Thanks so much, my friend. Done. Thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, there's a couple of things you could do. The best thing would be to review and recommend it to someone. So wherever you're listening to it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else, click that review button, give it five stars, and write a little review. That's one of the best things you can do. 
if you if you want to help me a little bit more directly, you could recommend it to someone. You know, if you, if you think someone would benefit from what I'm talking about here or in any of the previous episodes, send them a link or um, just, you know, recommend them to check out what I'm doing here. If you want to help me a little bit more directly, you could help me out by checking out some of my books. That could be found at zachary-phillips.com or by considering to contribute to my Patreon. Patreon's a way for people to help content creators get more content out. And all I'm asking for people to contribute is $1 per month. If if you contribute $1 per month, it won't come at that much of a cost to you. It'll almost not be noticeable on your end. But on my end, it would really make a massive difference because a lot of little small contributions would add up to something big on my end, which means that I would be able to dedicate more time to interviewing people, making more podcasts, writing more books, getting more blogs out, and that sort of stuff. The more that the more support I get, the more that I can keep doing this sort of stuff and giving back to the community. So head it out, check it out. And if you're not already, please uh, follow me on social media at Zach P. Phillips. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Vero, a bunch of other places, just all with that same um, handle at Zach P. Phillips. And yeah, if there's something you want to talk to me about or something to message me about, or you want to follow up with anything we've spoken here, hit me up on social and let me know what you think. Thanks.